everybody welcome to the matt townsend show i'm your host dr matt townsend your coach your guide on the side welcome to the program a great day holy cow feel like we're running a marathon that's my day run 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 sweat 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 welcome to the program boy have we got a great show for you today just say it just say it how many times have you thought i i need to say it i need to say it but you don't know how to say it. Like James always has that look in his face like he needs to say it, but he never says it. I can't say it. Why can't you say it, James? It's right I, there. I, Just I, say I, it. Okay. Just say it. Okay. Look me in the eye and say it like a man. And say it like you mean it. <laughs> say it like you mean it. Um, welcome to the program. We have got a, a great show today. Um, wonderful topic on just say it. We've got to learn to say the hard stuff and to say it. And uh, you realize the person out there yeah, is she's not waving at you. She she's cleaning the window. Every, oh, is, is she? Yeah. I guess she's cleaning the window. Yeah. I thought she was waving to me. No. So mm-hmm. She waves a long time. Yeah, she does. And in nice circles. <laughs> oh, you missed a wave spot. Um, uh, you have certain times when like, you go home and you just don't know how to say it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So what do you do? I, I don't. You don't say it. You hide. Yeah. You hide. Because I caught you in here the other day. Hiding? Um, yeah, under the te- under the desk. <laughs> no, that was repairing. That wasn't oh, was that hiding. <laughs> you sounded like you were whimpering. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's all right. So think of it. Do you have something you really need to tell somebody, some feedback you need to give them, and you don't dare say it? So today we're going to get into that. But it's not an easy thing to do because mm-hmm. life isn't – some things you're just afraid. You don't want to offend. You don't want to be rude. But you also don't want to have this problem anymore. So Carlin Flora is going to be joining us, the author of Friendfluence, The Surprising Ways Friends Make Us Who We Are. But she's written an article on this whole conversation thing for Psychology Today. I know. And the, the article's titled Just Say It. Just Say It. So you're going to say it or what, James? I mean, are you going to say it? We'll see. Uh, you still don't want to say it. I, I don't. I really don't. Is it? Is it about me or Sean? Well, you it's know. It's about Sean. It's, it's about Sean. about both of us. <laughs> it's about Sean. Or, I want to say it too. Or it's about you. I mean, is my zipper down? Well, is my zipper? Is it my zipper? Well, it's just good that we're doing radio. So that's you right. can't okay, just, that's why I'm tucked under this cute little table. Hey, we like to uh, before we get into the topic of the day, we like to get to some headlines. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show: A summary of stories that you might have missed. Dateline: West Jordan, Utah. West Jordan, Utah. So this is a local story for us. Very local. (laughs) But uh, here's a couple of people who are really trying to avoid a conversation. What? Well, there were two women disguised as ninjas. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Well, they're they're in jail now. This happened a a few weeks ago. Uh Uh, Not a few weeks, but about two weeks ago, actually. Were they on a date with James? Uh, No. No. Okay. Uh, No. Just had to say it. Uh, uh, These women were targeting a 15-year-old girl who was supposed to testify against uh, the woman's boyfriend next week. Seriously? Seriously. So they dressed like ninjas? They dressed like ninjas, like, broke into the house. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
there's a court case going against the the boyfriend who is in jail. Of course, now the girlfriends are in jail. Yeah, and uh, it, it was a, it's a. I, I mean, how do you why do you do something like that? Well, because you're not quite very smart up there. Yeah. You just you're you know there's not enough blood flow to the brain. Yeah. Uh, now something smart though. This was from Fox 13 News yeah. locally here. They were very smart because they did not disclose where in West Jordan right exactly this was. Nor did they disclose the name of any of the victims or the family name of the victims, they didn't which want I thought to was, say. Very, that was very very smart. smart. Yeah. Well, I think they should disclose that there's ninjas running around mm-hmm. West Jordan. Yep. I mean, you wouldn't think ninjas. No. Would, I mean, I, I I don't know. Like, were they thinking that that was going to intimidate? I guess. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, yeah. I and mean, if you really want to intimidate somebody, you dress up like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> that's what you do. <laughs> that's that's what I call intimidation right I mean, there. The real intimidating thing isn't dressing like a ninja. It's like the doing the backflip and then somehow sticking to the ceiling. Well, that would that – would, I would be impressed by that. You do that, I probably wouldn't testify. Yeah, I wouldn't – yeah. Wow. Wow, that's a good headline. But Local. That's, I just can't believe somebody would actually do that. Well, um, Maddie and Alyssa, they've, they've dressed like ninjas. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, they, they, I don't know that they meant to be dressing like ninjas. They just – Was that last Halloween? Dress. No, that was just last week. Pro know. tip, if you want to intimidate people, though, go with Batman instead of ninja. I'm Batman. Yeah, exactly. Hold on. Is that a pro tip? That is a pro tip. Coming from a pro? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you a pro in dressing like other people to intimidate? Dressing to intimidate? Well, uh, pro with, with any, everything related Batman. So, Wow. That's why you wear that belt. Yes. That's a big equipment belt. Utility belt. Yeah, yes. utility belt. Yeah, has everything. Yeah, no, totally intimidating. Okay, mm. more headlines? <laughs> well, it seems Apple is going to have a difficult conversation with a lot of iPhone users. Why? Oh, I heard one thing. Mm-hmm. Is it because it doesn't bend? Because it bends. Well, too much? there's that too. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't print that story yeah. out. But yeah, you can't. You, let's just get it out there, just in case you have an iPhone six plus. Don't try to fold it and put it in your pocket. Right. <laughs> don't sit on it. Yeah. Don't sit on. That's it. Actually, that's that's yeah. what's happening. Is people are putting it in their back pocket and sitting down. Well, of course, it's like a backboard. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> I know. It it doesn't bend, folks. But the the story that I've got here is they have they had to do an update for iOS eight, yeah, to yeah. fix some stuff. Well, that uh, little update of iOS eight has now been recalled. Oh boy! They withdrew the update when a bunch of customers experienced dropped cellular service, so they couldn't make calls. Yeah. But see, that's so the you way. have a, you have a phone, but you can't make any calls because the iOS system is not allowing you to make phone calls. But you got to think about it. Apple is brilliant because if you're going to mess something up, mess up their ability to call, so they can't come in, call in and complain. That's well, that is that is okay. So I guess right? they are smart. Right? I mean, they're not dummies. <laughs> that just makes it no one mm-hmm. can, no one can say anything. But they're trying they're trying to fix it as fast as they can so that you see? Know, things will. You just got to say it. Yeah. Well, unless you can't get through on the phone line because your iOS 8's not working. Then, then you can't say it. Then you don't say it. You send two ninjas. Actually, two <laughs> Batman, a Batman, a Batgirl. And two ninjas. And two ninjas, and you send them over to rough them up. Yeah, that'll work. So, Very effective. Mm-hmm. Very effective. According, <laughs> It's a professional tip from one who dresses like Batman. Rachel. Awkward. Okay. Uh, you got one more for us? Um, actually, no. <clears throat> You don't? No. 
Well, I've, I've got this, but it's way too long for the rest of this segment. Okay, then that means you have to tell us the uh, – give us one example of something you couldn't say to your wife, but you had to say it. I mean that won't get you in trouble and that won't have ninjas. Or do you want the example of what I said to my wife that I'm still living down to this yeah. day? Yeah. Let's well, you know about the... this one, the word fiasco? Yeah. When that, we, were planning, we were planning the wedding and I said, well, let's get this fiasco over with. Yeah, see that's one you shouldn't have said. Just yeah. don't say that. Right. Do you ever use the word fiasco? I, mean, I, have, I don't think I've ever yeah, used that I word use in it. front of my wife anyway. No. <laughs> it's one of those now, things where while you're saying it, you regret it immediately. Yeah. Funny enough, she uses it all the time. Does she now? Yeah, I don't know why. You broadened her vocabulary. <laughs> See, there's a lot of things people don't dare say. I know. But we have to say it. Well, I mean, how do you, uh, you – but I have no problem telling my kids stuff. Well, of course, because – but it's, it's the hierarchy. You're in charge. Okay. So it's the equals or it's when you're when you're one down in hierarchy that it gets harder. I always hate talking about money with my wife. I know. My wife has all the money. Well, so does mine. Yeah. But it's hard. It's still hard to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't like telling her what I spent my money on. If you have your own account, you don't have to. Not that I do, but <laughs> wow. Speaking of which, um... you just use the Batman voice too. Remember that 20 bucks that you said you were going to give me? <laughs> what? I, you said just say it, and so I'm, I'm saying – Oh, was that – that's yeah. what you've been wanting to get out? The 20 – yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that. It was for gas, dad. Was it is, – is that is, – do we have a recording of that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'll, yeah, I'll pull that up. I'll, I'll get that. Pull that up. And then just talk to Sean. Actually, just go right to Don and just tell that's, him we, it's just yeah, – it's, it's out of the budget. It's money for the, from the budget. It's our, okay. Yeah, just petty tell them Take it show. from the petty cash for the show. Yeah, that's not happening. Anyway, we're going to take a break, folks. When we come back, Carlin Flora will be joining us. She is a blogger on psychology today. Also, by the way, the author of the book Friendfluence, The Surprising Ways Friends Make Us Who We Are. We're going to learn how to just say it. Just say it. When we come back right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Are you hot and then cold? You're in and then you're out. Katy Perry knows. She just needs to say it. Just say it. This is the Matt Townsend Show, folks. Today we are talking about saying it. Just talk. Get it out of you. It's so hard. So hard. So we've decided to bring in an expert, somebody that can help us learn to just say it. She's even written an article on it recently in Psychology Today. The name of the article is Just Say It. And uh, her name, Carlin Flora. She's a graduate of Columbia University School of Journalism. She has written for Discover, Scientific American Mind, Glamour, Women's Health, Men's Health. She's also the author of the book Friendfluence, The Surprising Ways Friends Make Us Who We Are. Today she's here to teach us how to just say it. Carlin Flora, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, thanks for having me. So good to have you. And, you know, we just got to say it, don't we? Well, we do, but it's really an art. It There's is. no one formula, and every situation is different. So that's, that was the challenge of, of writing this article, is, is giving prescriptions that 
that can fit all these different situations that we have with our with our various relationships. How, how do we know? Because I'm assuming there's some things we just don't need to say. Like my wife tells me that all the time. You, you didn't need to right. say that. And um, <laughs> right. I totally agree with her. So how do we know when something is a topic we do need to, to get into? Is, right. do, you, do you have like a, a good line there? Yeah, so it's, you know, our culture is, is, is all about, you know, talk show confessions and oversharing things online. So yeah. There is sort of this cultural credo that honesty is always the best policy. But when these communications uh, researchers look at healthy couples and healthy families, they find that people um, definitely sort of strategically avoid certain topics. Um, so it's not true that you should say everything. Your right. wife is definitely on the right track there. Um, She'll like to hear that. You have to ask yourself, why am I saying this? Am I saying it for myself or for the good of the relationship? You hmm. know, if I'm yeah. confessing some, you know, if I'm attracted to some uh, guy who walks by, do I have to blurt that out just so <laughs> I, because I have a twinge of guilt? You yeah. know, how is that going to help my relationship with my husband? So you have to first stop and say, why am I saying this? Um, and and then, you know, avoiding topics that, you know, sometimes with a, a family member or a spouse, there are just certain things you're just going to disagree on and hammering at home and having these really, you know, frustrating arguments where neither of you really nudges. It, it, it's just sort of a waste of energy. So, you know, certain topics should just kind of stay in the pile of yeah. You know, we agree to disagree. Yeah, I'm one that's not going to be solved. And, you mm-hmm. know, you know, it's, you know, your mother is your mother. And we love right, her. And right. she's not going away anytime soon. <laughs> so um, not even that I want that. So talk about what makes it so hard. I know you've done a lot of research on this. Why yeah. is it that people don't, you know, mm-hmm. why are we so afraid to make or to have certain conversations? Yeah, we're, we're afraid because, you know, on the surface, it might seem about one issue. It might be, okay, I need to talk to mom and dad about their will or their, you know, how they want to be cared for in, in you know, if they fall ill, for yeah. example. So it's about one thing on the surface, but really it's about all these other things. It's about how close are we, you know, as parent and child. It's about who, you know, how do we feel about ourselves? It's, you know, is, is dad going to feel... Like, I think he's old and incompetent if I bring up these issues. Hmm. So, in other words, there's there's the topic, and then there's just this whole, all of these other um, issues and questions going on underneath. So, really, the best um, conversations address all of these things. So, for an example, you know, for example, you might say uh, to your father, you know, I know you're really uh, still, you know, sharp, and you've got it together, but... Um, I've noticed that a lot of your friends have stopped driving at night. What do you think about driving at night? You know, say yeah. in a respectful way that doesn't um, threat, you know, doesn't threaten his identity uh, of himself as a competent person and also, you know, doesn't threaten your relationship as two people who can tell each other, you know, difficult truths, but in a warm way. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you really have to think about, you know, how does this person feel about himself? How is our relationship? How close are we? And then finally, what is the exact, you know, thing that I need? Yeah, what's the issue? Yeah. And we can't, we we also, before we go into these difficult conversations, we're so nervous 
that we tend to assume the worst, a lot of times people can handle whatever you're going to say, or we just assume something totally different. Um, you know, I, I might think someone's going to react a certain way um, because of their beliefs when really they're concerned about something totally different sure. that I didn't even think of when I was going over my, you know, internal list of all the things that, that could go wrong. Um, so I, I think that's point. so valuable. The, the idea that you have to recognize when you're bringing up content or whatever the topic is, mm-hmm. you're you're also resonating on you're hitting on other levels like where is our relationship and what exactly. is how does this topic impact their identity a lot of times you could be having an identity fight when you think you're fighting about your dad driving and really you're just questioning his identity and yeah, and it, and you're exactly. on such different pages that you never get together and then at the end you leave and you're like i don't even think we were talking about the same thing he brought <laughs> right. up the weirdest thing he's been driving for 68 years Right, You're like, right. yeah, that puts you at about 97, Dad, so, or whatever the numbers are. So when, when you look at it, I right. guess, I guess, Carlin, it's, it's that complexity, isn't it? And there's not just one – you can't mm-hmm. teach somebody to just go say something. Right. But there are a few rules that you know, I think can help us generally, and, and one is, um, is timing. I think uh, you know, we tend to bring up topics like you – know, kind of sticky topics like money or – or sex with a partner when we're upset or angry or, and, mm-hmm. and this is the, you know, it's just an inconvenient truth. That's when we want to bring things up. <laughs> That's right. We're angry. Yeah. And yet that is the worst time to bring it up. Like so at nine, at 10, all... 11 o'clock at night, we probably ought not be having the yeah. biggest discussions of our life. Right. And it's like, you know, you're so furious about some money decision someone's made and that's when you want to bring it up, and then it just it just starts the conversation off in the wrong direction. And and so if we can all sort of discipline ourselves to really really pick the right place and the right time to have a difficult conversation, it will just go so much more smoothly. Oh um, yeah, you know, really hard to do that, but but timing is important. And um, you know, another thing is you can look at it instead of one conversation. Like let's say you're a college student who's thinking of abandoning, um, you know, your plan to become a doctor and you'd like to become a musician and you know this is going to upset your parents, you don't have to think of it as one big bomb that you're going to drop on them. You can think of it as a series of conversations. And, um, you know, I'd like to start talking to you guys about something. What do you think about this? And then, you know, just keep in mind that it's something you're going to revisit yeah. and that you're going to, you know, t- it's going to be part of your a dynamic and part of your relationship rather than, okay, I, I'm going to have this one big, huge yeah, I love that with my parents. Well, because mm-hmm. too, I mean, that, that, you know, you don't eat the whole cow in one meal. So, <laughs> right, right. so dad's not going to like this idea. So I, you know, I'll give him a little filet mignon here. I'll give him a little ribs here. Um, in the end, too, I, it's what I notice with my clients that's really interesting is sometimes one of us doesn't even have an issue with the mm-hmm. topic at hand, and the other does. So one, a lot of times one person brings more energy than the other. Does that create mm-hmm. problems? How do, and how do we manage that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, I guess, again, it's putting yourself in the, in the other person's shoes and um, – and maybe being being clear, you know, I think a lot of times of if one person is sensitive, the other person uh, to the topic, the other person might hint around it. And, you know, one clear conversation in that case would be much better than, 
you know, a bunch of hints dropped that yeah. don't really communicate clearly what the problem is. So that's sort of the flip side of, you know, the 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 one versus many conversations. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, a third part, third party example, this is a great trick for, uh, um, or technique rather, I won't say trick, for, um, for difficult topics. Like, let's say, you know, going back to speaking to older parents about, you know, their, their wishes mm-hmm. for, the, for the future. Let's say you kind of, you're curious about what your parents think about, you know, if they were on life support, what would they want, but you don't want to lay that on them. You know, that's a very (laughs) depressing um, and upsetting topic. So you might, you know, maybe something comes on the news, someone was in a coma and you say, what do you think about that, dad? I mean, what do you think about this family? What should they do? And that's a way for you to glean information. Oh, okay. I'm starting to get, get an idea of where he's going with this. And, and, and it's just a way to learn about each other without, you know, being too blunt um, right. with these conversations. John, John Gottman called that, I think, the soft start, right? Where we, oh, yeah. So uh-huh. we kind of we just gingerly sneak it in there instead of just slapping someone over the head with it. <laughs> so much right. better. Talk, talk, yeah, you use a third party as, as yeah. your, your, you know, safe way to yeah. talk about it. We are talking Without with... getting into those relationship and identity issues. That's right. Well, I mean, because that's such the core of the, the... It's going to be core of the conflict later, too. We're talking with mm-hmm. Carlin Flora, the author of the book Friendfluence, The Surprising Ways Friends Make Us Who We Are. We're going to take a break and come back, continuing this discussion about how to just say it. And uh, we're going to ask Carlin to explain to us about a power chat, the elements of a power chat, some uh, some simple ways to get in, I think, and have a have a strong, healthy, effective conversation. More with Carlin Flora when we come back right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about Just Say It, how to effectively, you know, surface an issue, have a conversation with somebody, you know, an important conversation, one that really needs to be had, a, a conversation that we got to say it. You just got to say it. I mean, I've seen people with their zippers down and nobody dared to go tell that person your zippers down because they're too embarrassed. And I'm like, you think you're embarrassed? There are zippers down. We got to say it. So we're teaching you how to do that. Not zippers per se, maybe more important issues that you might need to have with your parents, your family, your spouse, your friends, all of those issues that are so difficult to have. On the phone with us is Carlin Flora, who is a graduate of Columbia University School of Journalism and the author of the book Friendfluence, The Surprising Ways Friends Make Us Who We Are. She's also a, a, a staff or an editor on Psychology Today magazine for eight last eight years and uh, wrote an article that we really enjoyed called Just Say It. So she's back uh, talking to us today about how to just say it. Carlin, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for being on and taking your time to just help us say it. Now, you talk about power chats. Mm-hmm. Which not it's not it's like a, it's it's different than a power wash. This is a power <laughs> chat. Uh, talk to us about those. What does that mean, and and what uh, what makes up a power chat? Right. So before we were talking about how these uh, these situations are, are, are very 
unique, um, so it's sometimes hard to, to give general advice. Right. But, but, but power chats kind of share good qualities. And one is that the people, everyone's asked themselves first, you know, why am I disclosing this? Is it just for me or is it for the good of a relationship? And, you know, another element is, is knowing that you're worth it and that it's worth it to, to speak up to someone you're close to. And, and for this one, I'd like to point out that there's kind of a spectrum and you want to think about where you are on the spectrum. So some people are on the side where they're blurting everything out. They don't have a filter. They're yeah. saying everything all the time. And it's really destructive. They don't have that discretion and knowing when to avoid a topic. And then other people are on the other side of that spectrum and they're very afraid to bring things up and they're afraid that um, you know, of, of conflict or, or that disagreeing with someone or that sharing, um, you know, a potentially embarrassing or shameful fact about themselves could really upset the relationship. So you need to think about where you are on the spectrum and just try to move toward the middle of that um, and really have a balance between disclosing things and um, keeping things to yourself when they really won't help the relationship. Yeah, because in the end, it, whichever side you're on, I guess, will ensure that nothing gets said. So, or, or that nothing, or that it's going to blow up. So, if you're if you're always sharing, we may not listen to you. We may not care mm-hmm. to understand. If you're never sharing, we're never hearing you. So, in the end, we got to meet at the middle somewhere. What do we do when we meet? Uh, how do we actually go about having the conversation? What are some of the aspects of the power chat? Mm-hmm. Right. So, don't do it when you're angry or anxious. Well, that's um, half the time, right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and it, 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 if you start a difficult conversation and you, because of the difficult conversation, you get angry or anxious, then it's smart to walk away. But here's the thing. You have to come back to it because a lot of people will say, you know what? I can't talk about this now. I'm too angry. And then they will never revisit it. And right. that's not good. So if you, if you walk away, then it's your responsibility to reinstate that conversation when, um, when you're both feeling uh, calm. And, you know, another one is, you've heard this one before, that it's good to, to use I statements to say, you know, yeah. to tell you how I feel. But the uh, the psychologist I talked to about this, Noam Spencer, he had a really good point. He said, this has to, this can't just be a trick. It has to emerge out of a realization that right. if you're hurt, even if it's not your fault, and, you know, it's still your pain, and it's on you to seek ways to alleviate. So yeah. you're not attacking the other person. You're still taking responsibility. Um, yeah, because you can't say, I feel is, like yeah. you're an idiot. <laughs> you can't. It doesn't work, does it? You have to actually, yeah, you have to have some self-awareness, right? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and um, and then another thing is, um, you know, again, referring to this as a process instead of just one talk. So let's say you're having, uh, you know, you're not happy with your sex life with your spouse. And so you want to bring that up. But you know you're you're going to have to talk about it more than once, but you don't want it to be this thing that's kind of in the air that you always have to talk about. So you can say, you know, here's here's my concern. Here's how I feel. Let's talk about this again in three months. And then so everyone sort of feels relieved, like, oh, God. Yeah, have don't to have to do that now. Again. Yeah. Um, so, so it's kind of, you know, putting, putting a limit on it. So people don't, don't feel this, uh, you know, in, intense pressure, especially people who don't like to talk about uh-huh. sensitive topics. Um, and, and yet have a, have thing, this other date so that you, right, we will get right. back to it. We are, we're going to check in then and see how we're doing with this. Um, and don't get sidetracked. You know, you probably heard the term kitchen sinking where, you know, all of a sudden you bring up one topic and then it, it, someone else wants to bring up what happened, mm-hmm. you know, in 1989. And then <laughs> someone else wants to bring up what happened, you know, on your wedding day when this happened. Or, That's right. And, and so you have to say, okay, 
you know, the, I want to talk about those things some other time, but for right now, we're going to, let's focus on this. <laughs> so, <laughs> keep it to the one difficult topic at a time as possible. I call that the smoke, and it seems like we get we kind of like to hide in in the smoke because it's not we're not as vulnerable as we are talking about our identity issues or these deeper issues right mm-hmm. so we just we just throw all this dirt up in the air and then you know like a magician once the smoke hits yeah. you can hide the rabbit or that's pull the, the rabbit up that's a great way to look at it um absolutely and and i think also you know lightening up can be good but this is tricky because you don't want to if someone's really upset you don't want to you know, play the clown right. and make some dumb joke that's going to make them feel misunderstood and angrier. But, you know, there, there, there's, without telling jokes, there are subtle ways to try to bring humor in and, and try to just connect um, positively with the person while you're talking about a difficult subject to kind of remind each other, you know, um, you know, we're not getting along on this topic, but overall we, we have a good relationship. I, I think it's, it's great advice. And, um, in the end, it seems like this is such a basic skill, and yet it's. I think it's really one of our most complex social skills is having the difficult conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And- it's so complex, and I think, you know, thinking about friends, I, I, with at least within families, there's some sort of precedent for, you know, family talks or conversations, but you know, a lot of times with friends, people feel very awkward bringing things up because um, there's not as much of a sort of a cultural um, message that, you know, you need to sit down and hammer things out. And then, you know, also with children, I, I, you know, one researcher, Tamara Afifi, had some really good advice about talking to kids about things. And, and, and the way you look at that is that, again, you just want to open up the channel so that they're coming to you. And the way you do that is when they come to you with something that might be uncomfortable, instead of reacting with sort of fear, you remain calm and you just continue to ask them questions yeah. calmly. And then they'll keep coming to you and, 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 and just think of it as a process over time rather than you're going to have one, you know, talk to one big talk with them about, say, peer pressure or something like that. Yeah. We, we do. We kind of think that there's this silver bullet talk that will get mm-hmm. rid of everything. And and really, and it's, not, it's yeah. not, is it? And that, I guess that's that's probably a lot of your book, Friendfluence. It it takes time. It takes a, you know repetition, multiple opportunities to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another tip is um, you know with with loved ones is to sort of sometimes step back and talk about how you talk. Which, yeah, I don't know. That might give some people sort of a headache to think about it that way. But it's but it's. You know, if you notice every time you're having a difficult conversation that, you know, a certain things happen, like one person shuts down and the other person gets really angry, you need to step back and say, you know, it seems every time we're having a difficult conversation, the same thing happens. How can we not do that next time? And well, couples who are able to step back and analyze, you know, sort of from the bird's eye view of how they, they deal with difficult conversations, they can they can really um, start to, to have more confidence that they can get through those conversations. So it's kind of a, a virtuous circle there. Well, one of the things I learned um, getting, I have a master's degree in communications, is when, mm-hmm. you, when you talk about the content yeah. and how you're doing and how the other is doing with content, or you talk about the, the process, how you're doing, how they're doing with the process. Every time you go to each one of those different areas, you, them, mm-hmm. content process, it creates, it actually elevates the conversation. 
And so when you kind of get in a lull, if the content's not going anywhere, then you could talk about the process, how we're talking. And when, when that's not going anywhere, we can go back to how we feel about the content or the process. Anyway, yeah, that's a great point. And you it can elevates. Think of it as sort of like a camera lens. You know, you're going to zoom up and then you're going to zoom yeah, back and, exactly. and keep doing that. Micro, macro. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's fascinating stuff, and I, I'm excited to uh, to look deeper into the book. I, I highly recommend that everybody go to Carlin's website, Carla CarlinFlora.com. Carlin, C-A-R-L-I-N, Flora, F-L-O-R-A.com. And find the book, Friendfluence, The Surprising Ways Friends Make Us Who We Are. Carlin, thank you so much. And also, everybody, go check out the Psychology Today uh, magazine and, and uh, the the article called Just Say It. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to give you my coaching cut on uh, communication, conflict resolution. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. A little Coldplay. Ah, love Coldplay. The name of the song is Talk. You know, you, it's hard to get through to people. It's hard to get through because everybody's freaking out <gasps> because we've got to have these difficult conversations. Now, let me um, – so just for background, what I do for a living when I'm not wearing a bat suit – <laughs> for James's sake. With headphones for the radio. And when I'm not on the radio show, I, I coach people on how to have better conversations, how to improve their relationship. Now, it started, I was a divorce mediator. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm going to take these skills and teach people how to communicate through their divorce. Okay. And it worked. And all of a sudden, these people were divorcing, and they were so happy. They were the happiest mm-hmm. divorcing people ever. So Happy Divorce Inc. Mm-hmm. was the name of your company? Is that Happy Divorce Inc. It never took off. <laughs> okay. I don't know why people are so negative. But um, in the end, what I realized is that most people uh, don't know how to have hard conversations. And then we would teach them how to do it as they're divorcing. And it's sad because then they'd learn it. And if we had just learned this. I don't know, two so years earlier. Yeah, that's what I want to know. When did when did you go through the change, so to speak, About of, a year of and a half telling in. them to be happy during the divorce well, instead you know of being it's happy before the divorce? A lot of people started saving their own marriage as they were dist- as they were tearing it up. Oh, I see. And they learned to talk because I would set rules, and I'd one of the rules you'll notice that when you're when you're in a fight or a discussion with somebody, we usually speed up, we get louder, mm. we um, our tone changes. Our tenor, everything in it is different. And so that starts to create even more and more anxiety. And some of that's because we're nervous. That's why having these difficult conversations is is so difficult because our emotions start to kick in. The fight or flight kicks in. The adrenaline. But we would teach these people that you can talk and not freak out. And okay. you can talk and not have the fight or flight kick in. You have to just train your brain that there's a way to do it. So who – Which did any of you have braces? Yes. You had braces? Did you have braces, James? Let's see your teeth. 
perfect. Yeah, Are you no serious? Kidding. My gosh. Yeah, no braces. Yours look almost real. I had the whole headgear thing going on. <laughs> did you did you talk that yet? Uh, kind of, yeah. Did yeah. you have a headgear for real? I really. I had a retainer that you had to twist, and then it, you would turn a little key on it, and it would make it wider and wider. So I spread my teeth out, mm. and then they would bring them back together. No, beautiful. I had the headgear with the whole thing okay. around the back of my head. Now watch. Let's talk about bands. that. Now, sure, people laughed, but that's rude. Well, I, this, I was uh, – I think I was 12. But now, now our, our headgears and, and braces, is that natural? No, it's a bunch of metal in your mouth. You don't see headgear and braces on like a giraffe. No. And by the way, they need it. Mm-hmm. Their oh, teeth yeah. look horrible. Mm-hmm. Why don't we have it in nature? Because we just let it go. So you put on your teeth – not you, your dentist, your um, your parents put you in this contraption, but they yes. did it so that you could have straight growth. So they put a brace, they put braces on you, mm-hmm. a temporary structure that allowed you to actually have correct, healthy, straight growth, and you didn't need it permanently, but for a time, the braces facilitated straight growth. Okay. What I have found with most couples is they need like they need braces. On their conversation, they need a, a they need a space where we can fit them and create a safe space where they can grow a conversation without it going away too fast, without it escalating, without somebody getting their eye poked out, and without somebody yelling your mother <laughs> and bringing her involved. So I called it braces, and we would put braces on conversations, and then what it is is just simple structures where we would make one person talk and share their side just for a little bit. And then the other person would have to paraphrase or tell them or show them. This is what I heard. Yeah, this is what I'm hearing. It's just reflective listening. Mm -hmm. But what we do is we'd slow the process down. And um, interesting thing, though, is when we taught people to do this, and I would make them do it in mediation. Sure. Once they started learning to do it, the braces could eventually come off and they would actually do it naturally. How long did it take having – because you'd be the third party. Yeah. How long did it take for them to be able to do it without a third party? Um, not very long. Like literally – part of it is honestly it would take – so I teach it in my classes now right. and they learn how to talk and have a, what I call a real conversation. But once the structure's there, you can actually not use the structure until it starts to escalate. And then when it escalates, you can put the structure on it and that will make it actually evaporate, dissipate. And then you can talk normal again. Okay. So – and why this works, we know it works because in court, they use a ton of procedure, right? A ton of protocol to make sure that it doesn't get away from everybody. Right. We have to – we all have rules. You go first. I listen to you. Same thing happens. So one of the rules I would just highly suggest to everybody out there in listener land, you need some structure. And one of the, what I love to do is I love to make the structure in a way that it slows down the conversation – it slows down the speed with which you can talk. Now, it's not natural. I get that. But natural for a lot of people is fighting. Yeah. So natural doesn't usually work. So if we slow it down, and one of the things I suggest is that n- neither party should talk more than 24 seconds. Oh, that's that's short. I know. Do you know what the average attention span of a human being is? Um, I'm guessing 24, 24 seconds. seconds. Exactly. How did you know that? Hmm. That is so strange. 24 seconds because if think of that how many times has your spouse talked to you for that doesn't take my kids 17 into minutes I know yeah your kids my kids they're probably 12 seconds yeah. but if some if one of you is speaking to the other and you go off for 3 minutes 
You lost me yes. two and a half minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So if you want me in the conversation, eye to eye, slow down. After 24 seconds, I need to paraphrase what I hear you saying. And then what I teach is get out of the smoke. Quit fighting about the money or the kids or the sex or whatever we think the real issue is. It's never that. I had a lady come in. She would bought a, um, a $400 purse. It's ridiculous. The husband's like, nobody needs a $400 purse. She says, oh, really? How much was your golf bag? Oh, he actually, it turned into a bag because yeah. purses aren't bags. Apparently, they're different. She says she made uh-huh. a big deal about it. it's a bag. It's not a purse. And then he's like, well, nobody needs a $400 bag. That's ridiculous. And she says, oh, really? How much was your golf bag? So he fought about her golf, his golf bag. Then he defended it. And he says, I need an expensive bag because I put like $2,000 worth of clubs in that bag. Oops. So now we're fighting about the clubs. And it just got ugly. That's the smoke. Every couple on earth has all of the smoke. Yes. None of the smoke's the real issue. Underneath the smoke, I teach there's seven needs that need to be met. She, if you noticed, Carlin was talking about three different kinds of conversation. Right. A content conversation. Of, of feelings or a relationship type of conversation and a um, – what did we call it? I had a name for it. And a um, – oh, where did I put it? It's really good right there. A identity conversation. Um, and and that's, that's a great kind of way to look at it. I look at it that underneath every – all of these smoky issues that you and your spouse or anybody fights about or has issues with, there's seven needs that need to be met. Kind of goes back to Maslow a little bit, hierarchy of needs. We have to feel safe. So if somebody's questioning my driving and I'm you know, an 80-year-old man and my kids are starting to question my driving, mm-hmm. I'm not going to feel safe. Trust. We, we're going, we have to question we, – we have to make sure we feel trusted. So if, if any of my kids are questioning if I'm OK to drive, they're questioning my competency, right. my character, that I might kill somebody. All of a sudden when we're fighting about my driving, driving's not the problem. The deeper issue is – you don't trust me. You think I'm going to kill somebody or you don't feel safe with me. So we've got to learn that there's a deeper issue, a safety issue, a trust issue, appreciation issue. When your wife's telling you you don't help around the house, you can fight about what is a, a, a good amount of housework to do. Yeah. Or you can just understand that she's probably not feeling appreciated if she's doing all the work. Why don't you ever do the dishes? You never do the dishes. And when you do, you don't do them right. Yeah. R stands for respect. So we have safety, trust, appreciation, respect. So when my wife is feeling unsafe because, you know, whatever, we didn't pay a bill and it came back to haunt us, um, she'll argue about the bill. She doesn't feel safe. She's going to have to talk about it. We're going to start talking about it. She might say, you always miss the bills, da, da, da. And now I feel disrespected. And what we're really fighting about is safety and respect, which is the most common male-female battle ever. Her fears create shame in me. My shame generate her fears. And we start this spiral and it's game on. That's the moment when you start to see the smoke starting to appear and the fire starting to appear. That's the moment you've got to get. That's when the kids step back. and <laughs> That's like, I'm going to bed, mom. All the yeah. kids finally go to bed on their own. That's when we've got to get some structure on this conversation because it's not working. Safety, trust, appreciation, respect. V stands for validation. Is it possible that she could be right and I could be right about the bill. Definitely. And I should hear her side, listen to her side, and have to paraphrase it. By the way, by me paraphrasing it is actually a structure that forces me to not react. It's hard to react if I know I have to paraphrase it. And she has to paraphrase what I'm saying. 
So we can validate each other. Mm-hmm. So you're concerned. And really what I say is step down into those deeper issues. I call it the starved stuff. Safety, trust, appreciation, respect, validation. E stands for encouragement. We need to be encouraged. So if every time you're hearing negativity at home, you're going to be discouraged. So we're probably going to end up fighting about stupid stuff Yeah, because I need more encouragement. But we always fight about stupid stuff. Well, it's all because what we're fighting about really is the smoke. But underneath it is I'm discouraged because how come every time I come home, all I hear is how horrible your life is? Yeah. Right? And last but not least is dedication. If you want somebody to be with you a long time, they've got to feel like you're dedicated to them. So if they're arguing you spend too much time at work, you spend too much time on your video games, you spend too much time on all of these other things, you care more about what your parents say than I say, it's probably a dedication issue. Those seven needs, safety, trust, appreciation, respect, validation, encouragement, dedication, spells the starved stuff. The number one killer of our conversations is we're starving. We don't have those needs being met. We fight about everything else, which creates the smoke, and we never get down to the real issue. Starved stuff. And fastest way to shoot through all of this is to recognize when we're starting to get out of hand and put a structure on there. And the structure we don't – I don't have time to get into in depth. But basically, you've got to get out of the smoke in the structure and get down to where the person's starving. And then you've got to show them you care that they're starving there. And if you can't show it – because for whatever reason, if you can't get into that and show it, then you're not going to have power to say what you need to say. You don't say what you need to say until you show them you care. I don't care how much you know till I know how much you care. So if you can't get into my starve mm. stuff, then I don't want to hear what you say. So starve stuff. By the way, if you want, I just thought of this. Um, go to my website, matttownsend.com. There is a 20-page booklet. I believe it's 20 pages. On feeding the starved stuff. So you can go there. It's free. It's just downloadable. Look for it. Starved booklet. Uh, We're going to take a break, folks, and come back. Continuing this discussion, when we come back, we are going to get into um, a bunch of other other issues, including regret. How to resolve regret. That's up next on the Matt Townsend Show. Continuing our discussion about just saying it right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show, a little Depeche Mode. Words are very unnecessary. Tell that to my wife. Well, I don't know. When you're having a conversation, I think words might be kind of necessary. You could. Although there is, you know, a lot of, you know, nonverbal communication. The universal language would be facial expression. I thought that was love. No. Oh. No, I don't know where that came from. Okay. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are talking about talking. Just say it. And we're all so afraid. Why are we so afraid? Because we're timid. Good. Another word for afraid. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a synonym for afraid? <laughs> we're scared. Yeah. We're worried. We can list all the sorts of words here. <laughs> I have a thesaurus right here. <laughs> you know what? That's pathetic. I think We're afraid. It, I think it's because sometimes we f- we feel threatened. You know why we feel threatened? Full on, because the fight or flight brain yes. kicks in, mm-hmm. and so your brain is saying protect yourself. So if I took a real cobra and put it in front of you, 
you that would make you nervous, right? Right. A, a snake could bite you. You're nervous. For my kids and my wife, it's a spider, but okay. Okay, a spider that just sat down beside her. Mm-hmm. That you've heard the you've heard the little rhyme. Yes. In the end, though. Um, that same fight or flight instinct that kicks in when you see a spider is the same one that kicks in when your wife says, do I look fat in these jeans? And your heart's like, oh, boy. I don't want to answer that question. Not fat. Um, squishy. And so <laughs> oh, all of a sudden, though, it turns on this fight okay. or flight. Let me just give you a quick lesson. Yeah. The answer to that question is always, no, dear. See that, by the way, that look at how interesting that is, because that very question, they're looking for something oh, I know. deeper. I know. Right? Safety, trust, appreciation, respect, yes. validation, encouragement, dedication. Affirm me. Tell, tell me you still find me attractive. Tell me you're still dedicated. She probably did not want a real, like, you know, calorie count or – No. No. She didn't want to know that. So I love you no matter what you're wearing? Yeah. I love you when you're not wearing anything. <laughs> I love you fully. With or without, I wasn't going to go there. I, I know, but, this was a but more the reality is, it's not about clothes. PG show, rather it's than about <laughs> I love you, and we have to somehow convey that. And here's the other thing, and this is so important to communication: it, you have to receive it because I can say it all day long. I can right. tell you you're beautiful all day long, and if you still won't hear it, then I'm going to stop saying it. Exactly, because you're not getting it. So one of the things I teach that is is core to communication is simply the idea um, it's not always what I say that's the key it's how it's interpreted so when we were first dating we always gave each other the benefit of the doubt you couldn't say you couldn't say something to bug me because right. I loved you I loved hearing your voice yeah. I loved the fact that you were with me that you're here that you're present are you talking to me yeah that was weird you're looking right at me and you're saying, well, I like it romantic. because that means I don't have to do the show. But watch this. This is like, okay, so I had a couple coming. This is a true story, I swear. They came in and they were done. He was so done with her. He was done. No, she was done with him because he's a pig. He's a pig. And um, when it came right down to it, in the end, he's so mad because he's like, I don't get it. But basically what she was mad at is that he never took care of his stuff. He never watched – you know, he never took care of his room. He never cleaned stuff. She felt like she was the maid and she was tired of being the maid. OK. And so – That sounds logical. They walk into my office. He's carrying his journal by the way. Uh-huh. And when somebody brings a journal to like the marriage counselor's office, well, that, that means there's evidence. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> Someone's actually. got evidence. So – I'm going to prove my point. Yeah. So he pulls out his book and he says um, – and she's, and she, I asked her, so what's going on? He says he, – she says he's a pig. I mean honestly, he leaves – he's just messy and I'm so sick of it. I'm so done with it. I can't keep cleaning up after this guy. And I look to him and I'm like, do you have anything to say? And he's like, well, I, yeah, I would just like to read a quote from November 15th, 1998, which was like when he fell in love with this woman. Okay. And he got a little teary. And he said – and he starts to read the story about how they were dating and he was really feeling close to her. So it's kind of like James, really. Now. Yeah, James with his friend. My um, life right now. What's her name? Molly. Molly, Molly Mona Lisa. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't have a real name. Um, and they were getting close. But J- James was embarrassed to bring her back to his apartment because he's, his room's a pigsty. Or he has a roommate that – Yeah. Well, and, his, and this, yeah, James is – does have a roommate, but he's a pigsty. It was a pigsty, but he's like, I'm going to do it. So he brought her back and she walked in the door and she saw his messy room and she gasped. (gasps) 
And she said, you are a pig. This place is a pigsty. Then she said the words, you need somebody to take care of you. Oh, no. And to look after you. And I want to be that someone. Close quote, he said. (laughs) Oops. And I'm like, why on earth would anyone say that? Because she was under the influence of love. Exactly. And 20 years later or whatever it was, they are now fighting about what a piggy is. Mm -hmm. And she forgot that that's what he's kind of always been. But she used to interpret it differently. So one of the rules of communication is you have to interpret not necessarily always what's real because none of us ever do. We have to interpret what we want most for tomorrow. So if I want a healthy marriage tomorrow, then I might want to give my wife the benefit of the doubt today. If I want to be right tomorrow – then I can just get on my wife for whatever she does today. Yeah. Long-term relationships are – a lot of it is a, a long-term communi- a healthy communication is about our interpretations of what's being said, not actually what's being said. But this is why when in the previous segment you were talking about structure for conversations. Right. right. When you talk for – you let somebody talk for 24 seconds and then you respond back. You, yeah. you give Show them em. your interpretation. Yeah. That's, that's where that's the conversation that's right. is happening. That's right. And, and what because you're doing, telling them what you heard. And we're becoming fine-tuned. Now, if, I, if I'm trying to interpret it in a way – so what you're saying is um, you're a pathetic mouse that is too afraid to say what needs to be said. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. So if I interpret it with like a negative bent, then you can already tell I'm not here to understand you. But um, Napoleon has a great quote that I should have thought of before I said it. That um, Monsieur Bonaparte? Uh, yeah. I think it was Napoleon Dynamite actually. Oh, OK. Um, Monsieur Dynamite. Uh, Monsieur Bonaparte says, um, never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by incompetence. Oh. So don't attribute that someone means something maliciously or is doing something maliciously when it could just as easily be that they're ignorant. Yeah. Right? So the same thing happens in our interpretations. If my spouse keeps interpreting that I'm trying to hurt her. By the way, because she's starved, right? then she more, she's more likely to keep interpreting negative and more negative things. Or she could just interpret that I'm not here to hurt her. I just don't know how to help her. And when she interprets it that way, the messages tend to be a lot more positive. So why that's important out there in listener land is it's not enough to just be mad because somebody said something. You have to make sure you know – try to get their intent – their reasoning, what was really behind it? Why would somebody ever be really mean to another person? Yeah, why did that lady say, you're a pig and you need somebody to take care of you? That's right. So the first time, it was just cute. It was. Second, and she wanted to she be that lady. She was being loving. That's right. Second time, he's a pig and she, she's now angry. Yeah. Both of them, by the way, same content. It's just the, what has changed is the mood. And once the well, mood changed, the conversations changed. But also time, I think, changed that conversation. Oh, sure. Because when she first said it, she was in love and yeah. she thought, oh, this, you know, yeah. this won't be cute. a problem. Yeah. I can change him. Yeah. Now there's real data that exactly. he's not changing. He's not changing. That's right. And she's tired of it. Well, and, and by the way, she has full right to be tired of oh, it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And she can also give him the benefit of the doubt that he really doesn't get it. Right. 
He's not out to slowly suck the life out of her. He mm-hmm. just really is clueless. Yeah. Then we can have a very direct conversation and say, do you, do you want to change this? And if you don't, let me know. Right. And it doesn't mean I have to leave you, but it also doesn't mean I have to have the same expectation. Mm-hmm. Because maybe what that means is great. We're, instead, of you, instead of us getting the boat and having the boat payment, we're going to use that money to hire someone to come in and clean up after you. There you go. Problem solved. Get rid of the boat. Merry Maids. Merry Maids. Give them a call. <laughs> Merry Maids. Today's show is sponsored by Merry Maids. One call and it's all clean. That's all. It's good. Okay. You like it? Yeah. I just made that up. Because I I mean, I can see time changing conversations. All the time. All right? the time. In fact, that's it. Although. So do Merry Maids. You know, my wife still uses the word fiasco and. Yeah. Well, but that was real. I'm still in you trouble. Were, you were malicious when you said that. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't ever use the word fiasco when explaining a party being thrown by your spouse. <laughs> Especially when that party's your wedding reception. <laughs> Just a great little, uh, what'd you call it? Pro tip. Pro tip. Pro tip by Sean O'Neill. We're going to take a break when we come back. I just saw a flash of uh, strawberry red hair. What color is it? Blondish. Blondish, reddish. Yeah. It's kind of six colors. And uh, Bohemian. It's Bohemian. Bohemian uh, Meg Conley, the great, uh, the great friend of the show from Meg in Progress, will be up next. I'm sure she's here to enlighten us. We'll be right back right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. Meg Conley's song. Why, though? I don't either. They picked it for you. Wait, do I think someone's so vain? Like, you? Is it me singing to you? That would make sense. That's Carly Simon. Burn! <laughs> yeah. That was going to be fun. <laughs> that would have been... That was that was supposed to be, real, like, the best segment right there. But that went it's fast. Over. Gone. Ugly, ugly. How are you, Meg I'm so Conley? Good. How are in the you? House from Meg in Progress. That's right. Hey, is your website working? It is. It's working. Let me go check that out because a lot of times when you come on the show, one time, <laughs> like four out of five times when you come on the show, your website doesn't even work. Yeah, no, no. Last time Today we were working. switching servers, and so that was a tough week for, servers, for Meg in Progress. Somebody at the restaurant. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um, let's just see. Let's let's see. Does it, is, Meg, it, is it coming up? In MeganProgress.com. There, there she be. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, it is a site. Yeah, it's real. I've there's been a, lying to you for a year there's straight. There's your shot with um, Steve Harvey. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You guys are big league. Listen, I am, and I'm like in love with Steve Harvey. Are you? I left that show with like the maddest crush on him. He's like so nice. Is and he? Like hardworking and yeah. personable. Do you know who I'm in love with? Who? Steve Garvey. I, who's that? Uh, he was a first baseman for the Dodgers. Really? Yeah. Are you a was Dodgers he a per, fan? First baseman or a catcher? First baseman. Are you a Dodgers fan? Yeah. I used, you yeah. and my husband get along. Yeah. He's a big Dodgers yeah. fan. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Finally, Garvey. a point of interest. But Steve Harvey's great too. Yeah, he's great. He's fantastic. But I bet he can't hit a fastball. Yeah. Uh, no, because you know who was on the show the same time as us was um, uh, what was her her name? She she was the pitcher in the Little League World Series. Mona. You know who I'm talking about. That uh, that amazing girl. Oh, Anyways, really? she could he could he hit off of her? Well, he couldn't throw as fast as she could, so I'm assuming wow. he couldn't hit either. Yeah, that's yeah. A good point. she was amazing though. Um, everything okay? Yeah, 
I'm great. You have any news? Um, Cause do I? I don't know. You were out there on the phone on a phone call. No, no. I was talking to your producers. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was telling them a funny story you about You were talking Riley. to them? They're the best. We don't talk to them. We, we bond. We bond. bond. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. We, I, I give them advice. They laugh at my advice. Do they take your advice? I, they shouldn't. Yeah, no. They really should Do they not know that? I, I, I always like start my advice with like, this is for entertainment purposes only. Megan is not licensed to be yeah. a human being. Yeah, right. Don't you, listen yeah. to what she says. No, that's, that's great. Yeah, it's kind of my disclaimer. disclaimer. Yeah, if you will. So. What's with the necklace? Oh, it's a, it's a fake tattoo. Yeah. It's yeah. scary. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Yeah. Well, it's... <laughs> It's so weird. But it looks like a necklace. Well, I went to this big um yeah. Taipan trading event yesterday. Oh boy, really? And they have all these they had all these like beautiful, like free metallic like to call them a fake tattoo I think does a disservice yeah, to them. Yeah, totally. No, because it almost looks it almost looks like jewelry. Yeah. Or scoliosis. Scoliosis is a bent back. Okay, a bent it's not spine. psoriasis. So, is it psoriasis? No, it's gold though. Like it's gold. It looks like it's very yeah. Art Deco looking. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. So everybody cool. was getting them, and I was like, "Can I get that on my chest?" And they said yes. So really, I was excited because it looked like a little necklace. That's funny because James got <laughs> got a big eagle on his back. Ooh, in gold. Mm-hmm. That would be beautiful. I feel like I feel like metallics make everything classy. <laughs> like like if I if they yeah. were just doing doesn't regular it depend fake on tattoos, the metal though? I mean, it, I mean. Oh, I'm I'm a I I'm non-discriminatory when it comes to my metals. Any as long metal. as it's shiny, sure. Yeah, I mean this is gold for yeah. your for you lovely listeners. But a lot of people can't see it. it it's it's like an we art. Don't have video. It's kind of like an art, so no one can see it. Yeah, <laughs> I can see it, but I, it's, it's I saw very, it. It's very cool. It was my, glistening. My... It, 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 when it, when the light hit it, I couldn't see. Quite frankly, I thought it would be washed off. It like, won't come they, off, they will did, it? They did it last night, and I'm yeah. like, this no. is so cute. And well, my girls thought it was really pretty. And then and then I got out of the shower to dance, getting dressed, and I was like, wow, it's still very much there. Yeah. So oh, it's there. high quality. High quality metal. <laughs> high quality metal on your on your chest. What, um, <laughs> talk to us. So you, have you been listening to the show? Do you know what our topic is? I love this topic. Do you love the show? I love this show. Don't you think this is like the greatest show? Listen, you... I listen to the Matt Townsend show and Dan Patrick show. Oh, and, and Steve Harvey. Well, that's oh, he does have a radio show. I don't listen to his radio show though. Yeah. I've so, seen his show. So you probably like so those two radio shows. The really? only Dan listening. Patrick. I love Dan Patrick. I want to be a Danette with my really whole, yeah with my whole heart. Do you really? Like I've called in a couple times and like like it's just been busy. Like I've never gotten through, but yeah. I'm going to get through sometime. They I they they're very discriminating. I don't think Fritzy. No, he'd let me through. I just haven't. Well, once they talk to me, they'll like me. But so. <laughs> unless they see your necklace, sure. Um, so what you, I'm sure have a ton of insight because you, you dare say pretty much anything, I think. Unfor- yes. W- within reason. Yeah. I mean, within there's something reason. like, cause I, you just seem like you'll, <laughs> you'll just say it. Well, cause I think like there's a, I think there's a lot of virtue in being honest, uh-huh. but I thought the thing that could be really interesting to talk about right now is when you should just shut up and not yes. have difficult conversations yes. because that is more often than people would think. Let's let's talk about that so, because <laughs> not enough people understand the art of shutting it up. Yeah, just shut it. Just shut, shut it. Shut that big, beautiful mouth yeah. and just decide not to talk about it. And just sit. Sure. Yeah. Or walk away. Or walk away. Or, you know, speed away. Just like skedaddle. Just get out of there. What? What? So, what? Do you have rules for when we should, when to hold so, them, when to fold them? So, so this is what I feel like, right? Okay, we all live in different realities. At yeah. the end of the day, true, <laughs> true point. So, 
So there is this spectrum of realities, and none of us live in the same one. Right. We all view the same circumstances mm-hmm. differently. Yes, yes. And some of us view them wildly differently. Yes. So you have this spectrum of realities. If you are, if you need to discuss some, something with someone who is reality adjacent, if you Near, will, their their view is nearer to your their, view. Their their bubble of reality reality has some proximity to your bubble of reality. Yes. I think it's worth opening up those lines of communication. And you guys have talked about that really beautifully. That's I think, great. today, right? I think incredibly beautifully. I mean, gorgeous, gorgeous. <laughs> but but um, here's the thing. Yes, usually. These really intensely difficult conversations that we want to have with people, not to improve our own circumstance necessarily, but because we don't agree with them or we're going to quote unquote yeah. clear the air. Or, uh, you know, fix their bubble. Yeah, fix their bubble. They're not with people who are reality adjacent. Yes. Can we coin that? Yeah, I, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to just copyright it right now. Are you just going to go ahead and make that a Matt Townsend? Trademark. They, they are on the other end of the spectrum. Okay? Non-reality adjacent. Yeah, they are not reality yeah. adjacent. Like, you can't even see their bubble from yeah. here, okay? So with those people, especially family members, if you're talking about politics or child raising or um, ways that you should communicate, ways that you should love each other, if... If you are not reality adjacent, sometimes it's just worth figuring out how to live with that yeah, person. Yeah, just put up with that, and and then and then just kind of move on. And just know that their but their buttle their bubble will probably fall in on itself and it collapse may, it and may, probably suffocate. It may them. burst eventually, and that's unfortunate. but that's not your job. So our job's not, not job. to pop bubbles. No, it's not. It's not. And so I um now now I think obviously it, your spouse. Even if they're not reality adjacent, so to speak, <laughs> yeah. like those people, those are people you need to have those conversations right. with. Absolutely, right. but like um, an in-law of some sort, yes. a neighbor. Yep. Do we do we really need to talk it out? Because at the end of the day, they're going to leave thinking you're crazy. Yeah, you're going to leave knowing they're crazy because <laughs> yeah. you're always right, right, and knowing you're <laughs> absolutely right. But that's and, true. And nothing will have changed except for that there are bruised hearts. Yeah. And um, But see, here's the deal. Yes. Americans think – it's maybe not just Americans. We think what we say and think matter. And like we think it's – OK. I've got to say it. It doesn't matter. I have a right. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter because doesn't. If, if they're not going to let it into their bubble right. and let right. it influence them, then right. why throw the pearls to the swine? Right. And you know what? I also try, – I'm trying to be more – um, tolerant and open about yes. people who are not reality adjacent. Maybe just their different reality is equally glorious. It yeah. has equal potential validity. validity. Like it is, it is just as real to them yeah. as mine is to me. And so it's not even. Sometimes it is definitely pearls before swine. But yeah. sometimes it's just. I am trying to explain the taste of vanilla to you, and that do- that doesn't even exist in your universe. Yeah. How do you explain you that? You just have Tabasco. So Right, right. So, you know what I mean? You just got the bad stuff. So, so, so why not Why not just figure out how to what you do connect on? See, that's huge. Whatever it is, right? And then stick with that and then walk away mumbling that you think they're crazy, and they'll walk away mumbling that they think you're crazy. Yeah. And we can meet up again another day. And then we call and, that Thanksgiving. And every, That's right. And then see how that works. That's Thanksgiving. That's pretty much. I do that every holiday. Right. It's good. Okay. Are you going to stick with us? Yes, because I got more to say, Matt. You got more to say. Um, Hey, go get go get a rag and see if we can get that fake necklace off. Anyway, I just don't want you to have like lead poisoning. It looks so cool. It would if it wasn't lead. (laughs) 
<laughs> Looks like somebody scratched it out with a pencil. We're going to take a break, folks. More with Meg Conley from MeganProgress.com. She's going to continue her um, pontificating about reality adjacent. <laughs> the bubble. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Listening to some talk talk from talk talk <laughs> as we're about to talk talk with the master talker. That's all I do well. You don't, you are incredible at talking. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the talking, phenomenal. Thought process, a little weird. A little weird. I love your thought process. <laughs> Reality adjacent. So yeah. you're saying some people have little thought bubbles. <laughs> so they're just. There's that a are similar. There's a spectrum, and my thought bubbles are here, and your thought bubbles are here, and sometimes our thought bubbles are adjacent. I think they're like reality bubbles. That's a better word. Like, like, and so, and so, you know, you're floating along the spectrum, and but we're all we all have different realities, yeah. and some of our realities can bump into one another and kind of talk it out, and some of our realities are so across the universe yeah. that you just have to be happy that you can like speak the same yeah. like language to each other and say hello and goodbye. I like it. So, but you're saying if. If somebody comes from a completely just a completely different reality bubble, yes, then we don't always have to talk it out. No, we no. can just agree to disagree agreeably. Yes, yes. And give I them a high five. Exactly. Send them on their way. So that's the difficult conversation that you have is the agree to disagree conversation because that can be incredibly difficult oh, yeah. because people, um, especially people who love you, I feel like a lot of these conversations happen with people you love, right? right, right. So people who love you are desperate for you to agree with them, but it feels inauthentic to do that That's if right. you don't. Um, if you can, don't jive, if, if you, you don't, don't agree. Yeah, it can be tiring to keep that up. I yeah. mean, there's... Um, and Or you feel like, well, no, you agree with me. So sometimes you need to sit down and say, listen... We have two different realities. We do not approach anything the same yeah. except for our love for each other. We love each other. Oh, so oh. let's love each other and yeah. agree I like that. that we we are different people and, and that's look, okay. And start from where you agree. So right. I, I always right. teach, you know, 80% of what we might be talking about, we actually in detail might agree on. Right. With a difference of 20%, sure. which is where we fight. Absolutely. So absolutely. let's just tie down where we agree first. Right, right. And then and then feel good about that, that's right? right. That we're, but, we're 80% there. Yeah, let's go get some like, ice cream. That, I love ice cream. I do too. But that's a big slice of humble pie to eat, yeah. right? Both for the person that's being presented with that scenario and honestly for the person presenting it. Because you have to be humble enough to say, my reality is not an absolute truth. And so I'm not going to ask you to live by it. Right. And that that takes a lot of self-awareness. That, yeah. that, that puts you on what feels like slightly shakier ground, even though it's a more honest way to live. Yeah. And so it's kind of a conversation you have to have with yourself before you even broach it. So with that's your identity, else. right? That's We always right. talk about the identity conversation. Sure. Because your identity is always in play. Right. So right. if they're rejecting my bubble, is my bubble wrong? Sure. So right. I have to reject their bubble because their bubble is right. wrong. But we just, we just don't see things the same way. We have way. bubble confusion. Right. <laughs> Are you with me? I, should we have found something other than bubbles? I'm trying to think if I should have, like, um, like, like they're popping. Boxes. And like, bo- You're, boxes. Different boxes. I'm like in my boxes. box. Everyone always uses that. But, but bubbles, but bubbles float, and I think I they like do bubbles. float. Okay. Well, and I think they, they're at their, you know, they're translucent. Sure, sure. <laughs> 
shiny. They're shiny. I love shiny. I love it. <laughs> Clean. But I um but I I think that's a hard conversation to have. And and I think but I think you're right. I think too often we've you know, I don't know, the eighties, do you feel like the eighties ruined everyone? You know what? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> because I feel like we were told yeah. what we think matters absolutely. Oh yeah. And that, you know, it was like the me generation it's and the like, vans vans were created, I think, in the eighties. Are um, they? What shoulder pads? Oh, oh sh- OP pants. Sure. OP. Oh gosh. Yeah. Cords. Yeah. Uh, Jerbo jeans. I don't know what those are. I'm very young. Millie Vanilli. <laughs> These guys. I mean, so yeah, it was, was a rough. really that was rough. hard so, decade. So I think, but your voice can be authentic and it can be important and it can be powerful without you like kind of shouting at everyone. I totally agree. <laughs> totally with you. So, for example. Yeah. I'm homeschooling this year. It's like this no, grand experiment, right? No, I seriously. Know. DCFS called. Shut up. <laughs> but um, but you I You would be I, a great homeschool teacher. Well, you know, it's seriously. It comes and goes, right? Yeah. It's like pretty standard. But yeah. but I posted on Instagram a picture of my daughter like at her desk doing something and I was like, first day in homeschool and like we didn't kill each other, like count as a win day or something one. like that. Day Done. one. Wow. <laughs> and I I had some supportive comments, but then I had a lot of crazy like not crazy. Differently agreeing Let's comments. Just, yeah, uh, bubbles of, more toward the en- di- the edge of the envelope. Because here's the thing: I feel like whatever, however you educate your kids is fine. Yeah. I have no opinion whatsoever. This is just an experiment. But a lot of like one person said like um, that that's a total waste of time. You are ruining your kids. I hope you're happy with you, what you've done here. Okay, that was from Sean. I've never met Sean the said that. Said he that. told me he wrote that. Okay, well we live in two different realities. Yeah, um, our bubbles do not sure. Overlap. Sure. So so that person thinks that I like basically thinks what I'm doing is child abuse, which is a shame. I don't like to be seen that way, no. but we have two very, very different perceptions of reality. Um there is isn't necessarily wrong. No. I mean it's like a little wrong. It's on the dark like, side. It's on the dark side. But what could they have said? Right. I'm glad you love your kid enough to like try something new, mm-hmm. like to see if this works. Like, see, couldn't they, they have found, found a better 20% way? Twenty percent yeah, you're talking exactly. about, right? Right. Because they they and I are never going to agree. No. Like I, but will they never... could at least agree. Have you thought of this? Sure, sure. Or just not commented. Yeah, they it was a conversation just, they didn't have to have. They could just unfriend you. Yeah. Well, I think they did. Okay. After. So that. it worked. Sure, sure. <laughs> He's like, bye, guys. Oh, see, but, the, um, I know, but people have to say stuff, don't they? But but their voice wouldn't have been less authentic if they mm-hmm. hadn't used it against me, right? right. They they could have gone about their lives, never let their kids even like hang out with a homeschool kid, and right. and they would their voice would have been very authentic. Like, yeah. and so and so, I think that we need to stop like foisting our empowerment on mm-hmm. other people. Because that's not really empowering, no. right? No, it actually would show that you lack power. Right. Because you wouldn't – if you had power, you wouldn't need to foist it. Well, and sometimes you show people that they matter by not having the difficult conversations mm-hmm. with them. It's actually pretty easy to have a difficult conversation. That's right. It's very easy to blow up a world. It's not easy to maintain no. it. No. I, I see. Okay. You, that was profound. Did you guys write <laughs> that down? Capture that. <laughs> Capture that. Okay. Have we got it? Let's move on. <laughs> That was beautiful. That will we will put that somewhere. I I'm, so I'm going to meme that. Like oh my gosh, if I was a Matt Townsend meme, I would okay. die of happiness. I, I'm going to make your dream come true. Oh, I'm so happy. Right now. We're going to have to replay that because that was like profound and it was a lot of stuff. It was a lot of words. But it really is. I think that it is easier to just 
It's easier to blow stuff up. Yeah, absolutely. But that absolutely. doesn't make you strong. No, but we feel like we've been productive and yeah. like, well, they can just live with yeah. it. And I done ripped her. But what have you done? What Nothing. have you built? What have you created? Mm-hmm. How have you stretched yourself? And so, and so I think. Um, so we use the energy. We think that the thoughts won't fight for themselves. So sure. we think we have to fight for the thought. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. Man, that- we are in a roll today. This is, good. this is going to be a meme arama. <laughs> Excited. But what's powerful is th- if I have to sink your thought, right? Then now my ego's involved. The thoughts should be able to just go head to head. One of them might be more coherent than the sure. other. That's why when that woman or whoever, man, whoever that evil dark side sure. started beating up your idea, right? Then that very their very approach to the manner, the way they did it, conveyed more of a message, right? Really, not to listen. Right, exactly. So they actually exactly. lost power. Right, exactly. Whereas, let's say I followed them on Instagram, mm-hmm. and it's one day where my daughter's like kicking and screaming, and like they like post a picture of their children happily going to school. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that is some powerful stuff. <laughs> like, let's send her. Let's get her in there right now. That's right. Yeah. So, so I do think you're right. Just by living our lives, like I know what you stand for. Like, yes, you I, do. I have been around you long mm-hmm. enough to understand. Plus, like, you've read my manifesto. Yes. It was 5,000 pages long. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Double-sided. You write a 5,000-page manifesto. (laughs) See, you do know what I stand for. But you know that. But you also know it from what I say, how I say it. Right. And so so I think – but but this all requires a little bit of reprogramming. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think – I think especially like, you know, I have friends and they're all (laughs) – Correct that. You have a friend. I have a friend. Riley. James. James. James is your friend. <laughs> yeah, we're friends. He we, talks about you all the time. Are we friends, James? Yeah, we're friends. I feel like we're friends. Yeah. Okay. He said he felt bad for you. Oh, well, that's a, friendly, In a, good way. That's a friendly feeling. So. so you have friends. Okay, so, and, you know, we're all married and it's difficult to integrate into this new family and all this jazz. And, and you see in movies, too, like the, the classic, like whether it's like the in-law clash or the brother-in-law, whatever it right. is, right? Like at some point, like you just learn to coexist. Yeah. And stop feeling like you're defending something, right. right? Like, what are you defending? Are they really, like, the difficult conversation that you're going to have, is it really because they're going to come in and, like, take this aspect of your yeah. life away? Yeah. Or is it just because they're annoying at Thanksgiving? Well, and, and their opinion bothers you that much? Yeah, how like, do they get into your head? Yeah, really. So, so right. really, how powerful are you if right. their thought right. could seriously mess up no, Thanksgiving? It's so true. So there was this girl several years ago, and she was always in my head. Yeah. And I would just come home and be like, Riley, can you believe that she said this? I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. And he's like, I do not understand the power <laughs> that she has over you. Like, yeah. what is happening? She is so in your head. Yeah. He's like, just work on yourself. You're crazy right You're now. Nuts. What is happening? <laughs> he was totally right. Who was just, it? Who was the girl? Shut up. <laughs> I want to know her name. Let's look her up. Let's SpongeBob. But um, you just <sighs> live your life well. Everything else will follow. Have compassion for people. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go. So good. That's beautiful. So beautiful. Um, I think you're right. But we, here's the deal. Yeah. We as humans, we're selfish. Oh, absolutely. So we want our voice to be the voice. Sure. And we actually like to hear it. Right. And we like people to repeat it. Yeah. No, it's true. And our feelings get hurt and we feel like we have to defend ourselves. And I'm not saying there's no space for that. I'm just saying... That sometimes it's pointless and maybe your energy should be used in other more edifying ways for yourself. You know who said that? Rodney King. 
Can't we all just get along? <laughs> I was like – Rodney King. I love when we can quote him. I mean it's rare. <laughs> it's the only quote I know It doesn't happen Rodney. that often. It's a great quote though. But I actually think that not engaging in these conversations is the most self-serving thing to do because you're protecting yourself. You're saving your energies for the things that matter. That's right. And I'm going to agree to let you self-destruct. <laughs> so, Am I one of those not reality adjacent bubbles for you? No, no, no. You, I, you know what I love I about we were reality adjacent. No, I love about we are totally. We very much are. Yeah. And the deal is though, but you, you are a big bubble. <laughs> You're like this huge bubble. Like that you touch. Realities. Well, I mean, like your like your artwork on your chest <laughs> with metal. That I would never. I would never go to Taipan trading, A. B, I'd never, like, metal up my chest. D. I think we should let your, like, your listeners know. It's more like upper, like, collarbone. Yeah. It's like, it's like chest makes it sound well, a little it bit like It looks exposed. like, right. Well, it's like, it's, it's like a man when you can see his yeah. chest hair. It's like, it looks like that, but it's gold. But, I, but I, your bubble's big, and I like it because you touch a lot of people that I never get to hang out with. So you bring these ideas in here. It's I like love that. it's like an Yay. infection. You're infectious. <laughs> You're contagious. Are you going to stick uh, with us? Of course. Meg Conley from Megan Progress. <laughs> She's also got a new line of neckwear called uh, lead. So cool. Lead drops that you just drop on your upper torso. We're going to take a break. Come right back. More with Meg Conley right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. Why do you have to be so rude? I'm asking Matt. Oh, me? Oh, no. <laughs> I thought you were looking that, at that's Mike. That's the song. Isn't that a great song? I've never heard it. I Magic. Like it. Magic. Be <laughs> so rude. Mike's singing it. It's beautiful. Well, I don't know what that was, that, I, but that's not I was singing. singing the song. Was that singing? Yeah. It's harder I, with headset. Where are you from, I Matt? Thought it, I thought it was great. Did you know <laughs> I won you. our talent show my freshman year of college? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I sang. You don't have to so be I'm so vain. What did you judge. sing? Can we have a sample? No, I know. I could little, never. No. But it's Allison Krauss. Okay. She's very classy. Ooh, yeah. Allison Krauss. Class. Mm. Yeah. So I think wow. you could I think you could win the competition too, Mike. Hey, uh we're, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to get back to our show. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind me. Hey, difficult conversations on the internet. Mike, no, mm. by the way, you know Mike's well, in love, don't you? So I asked him about that yeah. earlier. Totally but it's still just like, well, oh, no, you know, no. the thing is with guys and Are you girls, put a ring on it? We, you, we, we talk about it differently. <laughs> the more serious it is, the less guys talk about it, you know? Yeah. See, so that's sure. He's starting to go into protection mode. Cause, I, can, I can see that. Because yeah. I said, Are you guys getting married? And he was yeah. like, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, It's like, are those donuts good? And you're like, mm. Because they're so, they're good. so good. You're going to want one. She had donuts. She's a donut. Anyway, anyway, guys. Yes. So, have you, had, have you had a difficult conversation with her? We can go there. For yeah, a yeah. Lots of difficult conversations. You share one publicly? No, you don't. You don't, Mike. Matt. He isn't he the worst? To, he isn't hasn't he the worst? Down He's yet. like the worst <laughs> boss I've ever had. It's the best boss at the same fun. time. It's fun because I like to just see where we're going to go. Ruin with it. Yeah. I never know. Plus, sure. it's good for business. Right. 
Because if right. it blows up, I get to make money doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and you just lose the love of your life. Oh, it's sad. No, he, this one's a keeper. I'm sure of it. He, I think he's going to put a ring on her. Well, for this segment, we're going to talk about passive-aggressive <laughs> notes. Oh, yeah. Oh, Have you seen these notes? no. So passiveaggressivenotes.com. Okay. The, they all are remind they me of you. Notes? These They're are real, notes. real <laughs> submissions <laughs> from from uh, people around the world. Oh my goodness! I, I printed some out so you I don't guys know if could I can see do them. This. I might They're, have to excuse myself. No. this stuff stresses me. This out. is great. Really? This yeah. is great stuff. Oh, you're gonna love the oh notes I wrote you. Oh my these people <laughs> need. These are conversations that people need to have in person. Right. So, so the first one uh, comes from a office in Vancouver, Canada, um, in the fridge. People labeled some some dairy sure. product, a milk milk carton, and it said, uh, "Well, milk rather." Mm-hmm. Drinking dairy land milk supports animal cruelty. It says exclamation point. Oh. Look it up. Really? And then there's another note, and it says, "Yeah, look at it." Are you serious? Yeah. So you're getting this movement to not drink milk because it's cruel to animals. All you wanted was breakfast. Plus, yeah. you know what? See, I'm the worst person because like passive aggressiveness makes me crazy so i probably just would have bought like a pig head from the butcher and left it in the fridge for the i know next day. right <laughs> i'm for real that, that's you why you this... bought it or you would have gone out and like harvested your own pig head whatever it took yes that's why this next note is the best <laughs> one i think so this is from a uh london apartment building in the basement they have uh, washing machines. Of course. And sure. there's a there's a note on the bulletin board that says, polite notice. Uh-oh. <laughs> Let's be considerate neighbors by not using the washing machine after 9 p.m. Mm. And then someone wrote all over the note saying, uh, leaving passive aggressive notes and instead talking to the one person who is annoying you with their late night wa- uh, washing uh, machine use. Thank you. Question mark. And the, they had a tough the, time writing that yeah. last part. Yeah, yeah it was kind of <laughs> rough. And the, you can see the, the writing is kind of shaky, you know. Yeah. Oh, and man. the submission said that they had a party in the apartment building and they ran all of the washing machines at 11 o'clock at night. As part of the party? Yeah. What kind of party was it? Just, Just a kind washing of an angry party. get back at the note. Oh, afterwards writer. they had yeah, a party. This is the same night. I, it's oh, passive I aggressive. I, yeah, that's rough. Here's another one from I mean, a senior. But, by the way, just the rule is they should go. They should just go have the conversation. Right? Yeah. Come on. Don't sure. leave the note. But did you think the laundry note was that bad? I mean, the, the yeah. milk one was bad. Here, here. Yeah. I'll hand it to you, and then you I, think about it. This note that would just make me mad. She's looking at it right now. No, I really don't think this was bad. I really, truly don't. Look at the font. That's what so... does that mean? It was just an old person. Like, it looks like a Shakespearean font. Oh, What's boy. wrong with that? Oh, boy. This, this is an terrible, old person that terrible did it. Font. Shakespearean See, that font. is so condescending to put terrible font on there the way that they did. Yeah, you know, the minute, I disagree. Can I just say, the minute you're critiquing the font, you're missing the point. Yes, I disagree with this, but go on to the next one. Okay. okay. <laughs> next one is from a uh, apartment building in Indiana. It said, please slow down. Speed limit is 10 miles per hour. Next time I will publish your name. And then oh. in subtext it says, and I know who you are. Oh, Is that passive aggressive oh. or just aggressive? That just, that's scary. That might be just aggressive. <laughs> But passive, they didn't say it See, to him. Yeah, they didn't just talk to the just person. Like, Come on. Yeah. I know yeah. who you are. James, I know who you are. Slow down when you drive through. Well, if you know who I am, why don't you just talk to me, James? No, you Come just on. slash his tires. Mm, yeah, I've done that before. Or so that's pig. aggressive. Sure. The pig sure. head's a good I can one. See that. Always when pig in doubt, head. yeah. pig headed out. <laughs> I read that in my scout book. So this one. I don't know if that's really true. 
is from a uh, man in Texas. His mother gave him a card, and it said, I love you, my son, forever, for always, and no matter. And she scribbled out the next text and wrote in, even if you don't call us very often. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's That's passive-aggressive grandma. Yeah, that's rough. There's really no coming back from that one. No. No. Well, have a baby and take it to her, and she'll be fine. That is true. You bring a baby to mom or grandma, she'll be fine. Yes. Grandbabies heal all wounds. <laughs> Another meme. You're welcome. Let's write that down. Yeah. Grandbabies heal all wounds. Got any more of their passive-aggressive boy? Yes, I do. So this is posted on a balcony at a restaurant. It says, unfortunately, during meal service, the balcony is a non-smoking area. We apologize for your slightly expen- extended lifespan. Yeah, that's a little Ooh. judgy. Yeah. Yeah. You take these very literal. Like, <laughs> these that is pretty judgy. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. like, are they serving red meat? Like, that clogs arteries. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I think they serve pig heads. Um, <laughs> so would you not write a letter? You've never written anything like that. Like, hey, so whoever keeps eating my yogurt... No, I really just appreciate am like, if you don't eat my yogurt. I'll just go into the crowded area of possible yogurt eaters and be like, "Hey, keep your hands off my yogurt. Do yogurt. You, do you really, that's what you would do. Yeah, you know, not me. I would poison the yogurt. Sure, I would well, like, not with naturally. Like, well, not like poison, poison, but I put some. Yeah, sure. And then you just hang out in the bathroom and wait. Who's just eating yogurt though? <sighs> you know what I'm saying? James eats everyone's yogurt here. <laughs> Yeah, yogurt's good. I love yogurt. You know, a lot of these seem like dorm room things. The dorm room is the ultimate place for this kind of thing to happen. I was just talking to Merritt, and Merritt said that in her apartment just recently that there was a note next to the thermostat that read, Hey, roomies, let's remember (laughs) to keep the windows closed when we turn the air conditioning (laughs) on. Do you know what's the new dorm room? Facebook. A lot of this stuff happens on Facebook. Really? I thought Facebook Lots was the locker room. Lots of aggressive notes. It's not interesting enough to be a locker room. It's like a dorm room. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thought on well, that. Well, you would know. Well, I mean, I had a thought, but you just blew it up. So whatever. I mean, we, I was almost looking for like the 80%, but that's all right. Slam it down. That's fine. I guess we're done. I guess we're done. Good job it's today. Over. Meg, good to have you here. Thank you for having me. You guys are so nice to let me come well, back. Well, uh, you know what? This is great for I our last time. I just pound on the window to let yeah. like, let me <laughs> okay. in, guys. Yeah, we didn't even know you were coming today. <laughs> <laughs> like, is she oh, still there coming? She is. She's oh, still I here. Guess we'll let her hey, in. Rumi, you ready for this quote? Listen to this. Not Rumi, like you're my Rumi. <laughs> Rumi, R O M I. Raise your words, not your voice. It is rain that grows the flowers, not thunder. That's oh, smart. That's good. that is good. It is rain that grows the flowers, not thunder. Uh, we are talking tomorrow about happy chemicals. Okay, neurochemicals in our brain and why they make us feel the way we do. Thanks, Meg, for joining us. Go check out Megan Progress and get her necklace, a <laughs> uh, uh, wonderful new blog on using metals to uh, adorn your neck. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. More fun. Talking brain chemistry tomorrow right here on the Matt Townsend Show.